Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. So I'm going to start off by saying I'm walking back to my car right now after leaving the park, so you may hear a little bit of background noise, and my apologies for that. But uh, I had a chance to come up. I wanted to make it up for the uh, last day of the Food and Wine Festival, so I did just that. I uh, drove up and was able to make it for the last day. I wanted to make sure I made it to the event this year. Made it for several years in a row, and I didn't want to miss out uh, again this year. So, a really fun time. I had a great time. Tried a bunch of different things. Was able to walk around and have some fun. And um, had a chance to meet a couple of my listeners, which was really kind of cool. I had uh, sent out a a social media couple of notes, letting people know I was going to be around. And it turned out to be a, a good experience to, uh, to meet a couple of people who uh, are engaged in listening to my show. It's fun to hear from people and what they like about the show and what they don't. Uh, it's kind of interesting, and I, I learned a few things. And uh, we hung around for a while, and we ate a little food, and it was a good time. So I'll have to do this again. I know a couple of people were asking if I could do it again another time, and uh, maybe with a little more notice. So my apologies for that part. But yes, certainly could. Um, and I'd love to, uh, love to do it again and meet some more of my listeners. It's always nice to know if someone is listening. That's always the challenge, right? You just sit there and, and I do the show, and I never really know if anyone's listening. Uh, I get, Of course, I get emails and can see the download stats, but it would be nice to know somebody's listening, so it's always good when I hear that. Anyway, really good time. Um, got to try a bunch of different dishes that I hadn't tried before. I tried to make a point of going after some things that I hadn't had. Uh, so what was my favorite dish this time? Hmm... That's a good question. I think I liked, there was a duck confit with uh, creamy polenta that was really pretty good. It was the first dish I had in the day, and I really enjoyed it. Had a really nice flavor, came together well, and I thought it really did work. Um, Not that any of the dishes I had were particularly bad, because I think they were all good, but uh, that was probably my favorite for the day. So food and wine was a really good time. Got to just enjoy the day. It turned out to be kind of an overcast day. A little blustery, not so hot, so that was a nice change. Uh, every other year that I've come, it's been hot, so this is kind of nice to actually be out there and kind of enjoying the weather a little bit. And uh, got a chance to talk to a bunch of cast members and just have some fun. As usual, you know how I am about that. I just talk to everybody. And then I decided to plus my experience a little bit. After I was finished with the Food and Wine Festival, I took a break from eating for a while and then went over and went to the California Grill for dinner. And I hadn't been in the California Grill in literally years. I can't remember the last time I ate there, honestly. So I, uh, I asked to sit at the sushi bar, and they sat me at the end right near where the uh, service is happening. So I was sitting across from the expediter who's putting the food out. And first off, let me just say, they were doing a fantastic job. There's probably, it's an open kitchen, and there's probably about 16 people working in there, and they have to be all synchronized to get everything done. And they're having fun, and they're enjoying each other's company, and it's like, you know, any job. I mean, I love to cook, and I see them cooking and cooking and cooking and cooking, and I'm, I, I, I give them so much credit, because I can't imagine standing there for something like eight hours and just cooking. 
it's incredible and the job they do is great and um, the food was outstandingly good I really enjoyed what I got I just got sushi and a uh, apple salad and my goodness was it good I mean it was just it was just amazing but the more fun part was watching them actually work and I had a chance to chat with a couple of the chefs so I was talking to Clayton for a while and he was telling me all about uh, how he how he prepares foods and he goes yeah you're gonna see a lot of fire and sure enough everything he was making he had flaming dishes it was kind of fun then I was talking to uh, Andrea who was one of the expediters and she was she was just having a good time she uh, I think she really enjoys her job and then Jalisa she was uh, very nice very pleasant we talked about the food a couple of times and just had a nice conversation it made the evening that much better um, the one thing about the California Grill their service is intentionally on the slow side they want you to enjoy your meal. They don't want to rush you out. That's kind of the point. And so the, the meal was going along, and it just took a while. And since I was dining alone, it really took a while. It felt like it was taking forever. And I was the only person at the sushi bar that night. Why? I have no idea. But uh, I was sitting there, and, you know, so it was kind of quiet, and it was nice to be able to chat with someone. And uh, they were very nice. All the uh, staff was really attentive and nice and I enjoyed talking to them. I talked to some of the waiters and waitresses and some of the other kitchen staff as well. But those are the ones that I really spent time talking to. And it was just a kind of a fun thing to be able to spend some time talking to them as I was eating. As I'm dining, just kind of going through it. Now, if you ever want to go to the California Grill, I do recommend that you get the reservations well in advance. If you're going to be dining alone or maybe with just one, with one other person, then the sushi bar may be the way to go for you. A lot of times if you walk up to the desk and you just say, hey, I want to eat at the sushi bar they can seat you oftentimes almost immediately. So they'll take you upstairs and you sit at the sushi bar and they have a menu that's a pared down version of the full menu, but you can order off of it and you can, uh, you can get a lot of dishes that you might enjoy. So it worked out pretty well and it's an easy way to get up there. And, you, and of course you can stay and watch the uh, fireworks at the end of the evening because the California Grill has uh, two terraces that overlook the Magic Kingdom. So you can stand out there and watch the, sh the uh, fireworks show. So really kind of neat. Even if you eat earlier, you can come back and you can watch it. So that's really kind of a nice feature. It, uh, it kind of adds to the, uh, the flavor of it a little bit. Now, I just have to say, I, I can't get over how good the food was. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. It's not often that you go into a restaurant, especially on Disney property, where you walk out of there and you go, wow, that was just, that was just spectacular. But that's exactly what happened here. You know, it's just one of those meals that you walk away from and you go, my goodness, I enjoyed it so much. I couldn't, I, I kept thinking about it as I was walking away. I was like, wow, this was just incredible. Um, you know, it, it's one of those where you just think to yourself, wow, I wish I'd had my, uh, my wife with me, <laughs> but it didn't, she wasn't able to come. So it uh, didn't work out that way, but I'll have to bring her back another time. Now, as long as I was in Epcot earlier in the day, I did manage to go and see the uh, new Soarin' Around the World, and that is a really good show. It's interesting how they've done some visual effects, so they've got some real video. It's actually a digital video, so there's no more film. Uh, and some of, them are, some of the shots are really spectacular, but then they've added in some digital effects that are not real. And some of them are actually, were real that they've superimposed, and some are computer animated. And it really is kind of remarkable. It's hard to tell the difference for, to a large degree, until you think about what the scene is that you're seeing. You know, like suddenly you see a whale jumping, you know, close to where the polar bears are. You know, that kind of thing just doesn't happen. So for that reason, you know it's not quite accurate, but it's pretty well done. It's very effective. 
I also wanted to see the Frozen, uh, the new Frozen ride. But unfortunately, I couldn't get a FastPass Plus for it, and the wait time was over two hours. So that's going to have to wait for another trip, I believe. It's just not going to happen. There just wasn't enough, uh, enough time to be able to pull that one off. So since I was over at the California Grill, I decided to spend a little bit of time in the Magic Kingdom toward the end of the day. And I had a couple of hours to spend there. And really, it was a perfect amount of time. The crowds were kind of light. It's a you know Monday night, not so many people there had a great opportunity to go around and just uh, enjoy myself and kind of play a little bit. And I got a chance to see pretty much every attraction I wanted to. Still got to see the Wishes Fireworks show. But then when I was leaving the Magic Kingdom, I noticed something. Uh, there was... Now, the crowd level was a little lower, no question. But I noticed that they were putting people on the monorail and they had changed their kind of their operating practice a little bit. So typically, you'll see the monorail pull in, They'll spend a little bit more time and load as many people onto it as they possibly can, and then the monorail will pull out. So it's a long load time. Now, what they were doing tonight was they had a very short load time. They'd load it to about maybe a little bit more than half capacity, and uh, it would pull out much faster. And then another monorail would pull in behind it. So in effect, they were uh, rotating and cycling through a lot faster. And it looked like the line was moving a little bit more efficiently that way, so not as many people were queued up and waiting. It was kind of clever, I thought. They were, they were pretty smart about the way they handled it, so that it looked like there was a lot more uh, efficiency and more people going through. I'm, I'm assuming this is an experiment they're trying. I know they like to uh, vary it up a little bit, but it looks like they're trying some different things, and maybe they had as many as four monorails on the line, and they just continued to just keep bringing them in, sticking people on it, and pull it out. So interesting. I'll have to wait and see if they keep doing that because it really was pretty effective. Now one of the other things I did while I was in Epcot was I wandered around through each of the countries. Because I had created a podcast about each of the opening nine pavilions in Epcot, I went around and explored each one of them again to kind of see how my talk about the pavilions matched up to what I saw there. And uh, actually, I have to pat myself on the back. I did a pretty good job. Now I knew the history, and I knew the stories, and I knew how to tell them. But it was interesting to go back and look at it after I told the stories to see if I missed on some things. And there were some very subtle things I missed on. I didn't get everything perfect. I know that. But I think for the most part, I covered the stories pretty well and told the stories about what Epcot Epcot has in it. I created a couple-of-minute video for each one of the, the nine countries. So I'll share those videos in future blog posts. So you guys can see them too and see what you think, if I missed anything or if I caught everything. It's kind of interesting to kind of take the quick view, walking around the pavilion and looking at things, and trying to see what's what. Now it's interesting because in some cases there are things that are different. Things have changed since I created the podcast or since I last checked on something, where there's information or something has changed and uh, things are just different at the pavilion. There was one thing in particular I noticed today I had uh, mentioned on the Italy podcast that there's one of the kings on a column is holding a bowling ball instead of holding a uh, uh, like a, an orb. And unfortunately, that looks like it's been plastered over and it's no longer a bowling ball. It's back to being an orb. I thought that was kind of interesting, but it's a very subtle thing that uh, has changed that, that you, know, you may not notice because you may not have known he was holding a bowling ball. Oh, and that reminds me, the one about Italy, I haven't actually aired yet. This podcast will air before that one does. It's already recorded and in the can, as they say, but I just haven't released it yet, so I'll have to get it out there pretty shortly. might be the next one I put out. Now, there was one other thing that I managed to squeeze in today, and that was earlier this morning, and that was actually to go over to the Art of Animation Resort 
and spend some time kind of exploring a little bit with my video. So I have a little, about a 10 or 11 minute video of everything that you can see in the outdoor space at the uh, Art of Animation Resort. It's kind of a neat way to look at the uh, resort. It's kind of different. Uh, so we walk, I'm walking around and just looking at the different uh, things that are there. So I look at each of the wings. I talk about all the things you can see there. I show you all the different uh, outdoor displays and so forth. And it's kind of neat. It's a fun way to look at the, uh, the exhibits that are there. So I'll uh, put a link to it in my show notes page so you can see it because it's kind of a fun thing that I did, I think, where it's, uh, it's fun to look at all of the different uh, elements that you have there at this resort. So I wanted to make a little bit of a social commentary about something I saw earlier. I was over in the boardwalk area and I passed by one group, they were having a wedding. And the people were very happy. And it was really exciting and I was very excited for them. You could see the, the love, right? You could just feel it. They really cared about each other. Then I walked on a little further and I saw another wedding. And again, there was a couple and they were very much in love, you could see it. They really seemed to care about each other. They were posing for photographs, they were having fun. Everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves. The family was there and they were celebrating with them. And it was really a wonderful thing, and I, I was glad to see both weddings. Now, why do I mention that there were two weddings? Because one was your what you might call your traditional uh, marriage between a man and a woman, and the other one was two women. And you know what? If I didn't tell you which was which, would you know the difference? They were exactly the same in every way, except for the fact the two people getting married were different, or the same in this case. And I, and I just have to wonder, why would anyone want to take that away from them? They seem to really care about each other. Why would anyone care what whether they're getting married or not. What difference does it make to you, or to me, or to anyone else, except for them? You just, you could see it, I'm just watching them, and I'm like, wow, they really seem to really like each other. And it was just so sweet, it was one of those touching moments. Both of them were wonderful, like, I don't mind walking by a wedding anytime, because it's always fun just to watch, and see, you know, see that moment of magic there between the couple. And you hope that it lasts, like any marriage. But it was just really interesting, as I, as I thought about it, uh, as I sat there and thought about what the differences were, because, there really is no difference. Anyway, that's my social commentary for today. Well, that's my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, if we can dream it, we can absolutely do it. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then... Gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 